Bad and Ambitious podcast is an unfiltered and authentic podcast where I'll be discussing topics relating to self-improvement, finance, and relationships. I'm redefining what a bad bitch is and giving you the tools to be your most confident and well-rounded self so you can be whoever you want to be. Follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to your podcast. For up-to-date information and motivational posts, follow my Instagram at the Bad and Ambitious podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, baddies, and welcome back to the Bad and Ambitious podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about masculine versus feminine energy. And I have two guests. I have never invited guests on my podcast before, so bear with us if we don't have it all figured out. But we're just going to wing it, and hopefully it turns out for the best. But I think this topic is very important to talk about because I think a lot of people don't know what masculine versus feminine means or what dominant versus submissive means in relationships and just everyday life. So we're going to talk about it and share our ideas and hopefully learn something new from each other and also teach people maybe something new that they can use to better improve their lives and be more in tune with their own masculine or feminine energy. All right, so we can start now, I guess. We can do intros. I'll start first. My name is Mary, and I'm the host for the Bad and Ambitious podcast. And with the podcast, I just want to talk about topics that I feel like I don't really hear that often and things that I think should be discussed. And I work in architecture, and this is just super random podcast that I wanted to just put together because I have a lot of things to say. And if you want to start, Mel, introduce yourself. Sure. So my name's Mel. Uh, I know Mary through kind of, a, I guess, like a blogger collective that we were a part of once upon a time. Uh, I work in finance. And basically, the reason why I'm here is Mary and I got to talking after she had posted the topic um, regarding what we're going to discuss today. And I think uh, there's definitely a conversation to be had. And there's there's definitely a right and wrong but they're within the right and wrong I feel like that there's a, a healthy midpoint that I feel like people should and and could get to exactly Ryan do you want to introduce yourself please yeah I'm Ryan Donovan um I work in sales I am your probably the ideal person to talk about masculine um typical gym rat jiu-jitsu guy you know typical man-like hobbies i guess you could say and um you know i run a meal prep company so you know focused on health and fitness um it's where i met mary was actually she used to be an ambassador or are you still an ambassador of ours or not really? honestly i don't know because this lady that works there <laughs> kind of canceled me and she thought i wasn't shit so. <laughs> she's like That's who so the fuck funny. are you like get out and i'm like all right <laughs> I mean, I think your codes are still active. I thought I reactivated them, but if not, let me know. I'll get you okay. back. To that. But uh, we just won't do a contract, so they won't know. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how we met was uh, through Ideal Nutrition, the company I work for. And, you know, she uh, had met DM me on Instagram a little while back about doing something. And then she mentioned the topic and thought it would be a good idea to have like a open discussion about it. So here I am. Yay, thank you guys so much for joining me, and I'm glad that I do have two people to talk about it, too, and then I can moderate it, 
So for people that don't know what masculine versus feminine energy is or dominant versus submissive, which to me, dominant and submissive is like a very sexual thing, but like it makes sense for like power and the way I think men should lead and then women should kind of like receive and reciprocate. So I'm going to go over what masculine and feminine energy means first, and then I'll go over what wounded masculine and what wounded feminine energy is. So masculine usually should be logical, confident, focused, strong, stable, clear, assertive, and goal-driven. And feminine energy is intuitive, generous, nurturing, creative, collaborative, caring, receptive, and grateful. And then for this next section, I got it from a miracle workbook. And the other thing, I just saw it online. I don't know where I got it from, but it's a miracleworkbook.com. And wounded masculine is attachment to success, fear of failure, need to be right, aggressive, cold and distant, critical and judgmental, selfish, stuck in the mind, non-touch with emotions, defending himself and attacking, healthy masculine, present without being distracted, non-judgmental, committed and powerful, deep integrity and humbleness, focus and discipline, supportive and encouraging, grounded and of service, honest, logical, and accountable. And then woman, sorry, wounded feminine is looking for external validation, being insecure, manipulative, second victimhood, excessively attached, desperate for love, sacrificing herself, overshares her emotions and has no boundaries. And healthy feminine is strong and has boundaries, loving and supportive, vulnerable, compassionate and authentic, receptive and confident in her body, intuitive and creative, asks for what she needs, enjoying the process of creation and able to relate to others by listening, sharing and creating a community. And what we were talking about before we got on this was that you can have both. And I think it's just important to recognize like maybe you're too much of one and there should just be a balance either way. And I think for relationships and just also professional life and maybe dealing with like family and stuff like that, like you should have a balance. You shouldn't have only one because that way I feel like you would maybe be looking for someone who's like your half, but like you should be your whole yourself, you know what I mean? And you should be able to like adjust your energy however it's needed. Agreed. And I think this topic is important because I think society with the whole like feminism thing, I feel like it's not really we're not going like in a good direction because I think it's tearing things apart that were traditional and that back then did work out like with marriage and like family dynamics and things like that. And I think a lot of people grew up not really knowing how to be in their masculine or in their feminine energy. Like a lot of families without a father, like the man was raised by like only women or, you know, women don't have father figures it's, I think it's important because we need to realize where we lack because we need to have the tools for, like, our future children. And the whole, like, purpose of this is, to like, how we can be better as a society and as individuals. And I'll start off with Mel. Why do you think this topic is important, like, for you? Well, for me, I think I think it's important for people to recognize that, especially from the wounded feminine perspective, that um, hyper-independence is a trauma response. And whether you're cognizant of that or not, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, hyper-independence is usually indicative of, to your point, Mary, not maybe not necessarily having the um, one of the parents at home 
and being able to kind of understand and really take in and and observe the opposing energy growing up in some of your most formidable years as a child your brain is a sponge and so you absorb a lot of your surroundings in in early childhood and it kind of shapes how how you go through life moving forward and if that life wasn't you know your your cookie cutter you know mom and dad scenario sometimes there's kind of a a disconnect and being able to tap into a a healthy feminine energy or or a healthy male energy because you've never actually seen it yeah exactly and what about ryan what do you why do you think this topic is important i think it's important for a couple reasons you know um like i know something you guys just mentioned was you know growing up without fathers and not normal household situations which is something that i think is um very common especially more so now than maybe when like we were kids Mm -hmm. um just because you know now people i think flip flop a lot between relationships and i think that the the line between feminine and masculine is getting more and more blurred with social media and everyone putting out you know um always having some type of input on or opinion and it's it's making a lot of people i think question where they stand on those lines on these different types of topics and uh you know being someone that did grow up and was raised by her mother or my mother like my dad passed away so i grew up my whole life without a dad so you kind of i think as growing up in that fashion you really have to determine how you're going to handle things and um you know obviously you don't have a father i didn't have a father figure growing up right so i mean i guess the closest thing i had was maybe my uncle had spent summers there but it's an important topic because everyone even though people grow up in similar circumstances maybe like without a dad without a mom you know divorced parents everyone's situations are are different um i think the the biggest thing is you can't really control how you were raised or the cards you were dealt but how you react like as a man learning different things like how to do things as a guy like around the house fixing your vehicles you know learning how to fish whatever the case may be right and how yeah. to treat women is another big thing right like you know you grew up with a mom so you know or i grew up with a mom only so i didn't really get to see the male perspective of it so you know mm-hmm. it's an important topic because now it's like such a gray area between like what's feminine what's masculine both but um you know now a lot of women are trying to be more masculine and men are getting more feminine so it's it's not as defined as it was in the past right yeah, like mel what about your dynamic growing up if you want to talk about that oh um well i'm both my parents uh are still alive they did have a really really tumultuous divorce and um interestingly enough i looking back on it i would say that both both parents kind of filled their their respective masculine and and feminine roles but definitely from a a more wounded place than a healthy place um so i mean if you want to use you know kind of the the hot talking points or but you know just buzzwords like my dad was you know pretty pretty toxically masculine and my mom was like a very overly attached feminine and growing up viewing that 
was both a blessing and a curse, right? Because you're kind of seeing what not to do and you're Mm -hmm. taking in information on what not to do and what it shouldn't look like. But then you don't have the other side of things to similarly to what Ryan said, you don't have, like, I don't have that perspective of watching my mom and her feminine energy be able to interact in a healthy relationship with my father in his healthy masculine energy. And so that's, been a been a pretty big learning curve for me as I go into the dating world and kind of trying to navigate that uh, a little bit blind yeah exactly so for me my parents got divorced when I was nine I don't really remember it and I don't think I really was that affected by it per se because I always felt like my mom needed to be divorced to like succeed because my mom I mean my dad held her back a lot And I was raised by a lot of independent women. So I have like two aunts that had kids at a young age. And like, there wasn't really a lot of masculine energy around. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm Hispanic. So we've always kind of been told like, that we are like, we should have men do certain things in our lives. And like, I have been taught those things. But for the majority of my life, I haven't really had anyone like, check my car or like you know I have my dad he's around but he's like I always say like my dad is really fucking old (laughs) like he's like 73 I think so either way like he never really I think was first of all I don't think he really knows who I am like as a person he is there and I appreciate that he's still around but at the same time I've never really felt that connection with him so I don't have that like I've never had like a masculine like energy that felt like was always like protecting me or like you know what I mean like I didn't get that right and then when you're going to look for a partner having not had that experience it's kind of a guessing game really like when you go into when you go into dating and looking for for long-term partners what your wants and and your needs are in in a person because you're starting at ground zero essentially yeah, exactly. So it's actually funny because the next topic is what do you need in a partner? So <laughs> Mel, um, what do you think you need in a partner? And has it changed over time? Because, you know, like, the more you get older, like the more like you have resources and the more I feel like you really like realize like what you actually need and what actually is important, not like, you know, like high school shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um it it's most definitely changed over time and and you know is is still ever changing because as we get older we're, we're able to more kind of hone what exactly we we're looking for because we have enough experience previously hopefully to kind of determine what we don't need so i can very genuinely and candidly say that i have in the past dated from a very wounded feminine experience because that was what I saw and so to kind of you know dive a little deeper in that like I was very overly attached I was you know giving more of myself than I should have because I thought the more I give the more they would want me the more value they would see in me and that's ordinarily not the case right Uh, if you give so much of yourself to someone there's nothing left for you Mm-hmm. And so in, in dealing with that, uh, in, in dating history, I, I've really been able to kind of take a back seat and really view things objectively if I really kind of sit down and, and think about my, my past partners, what worked, what didn't, 
what dynamics were at play and where I felt the most uh, myself and the most, you know, healthy, positive version of myself was ordinarily not being the hypervigilant. I don't need a man. I don't need, you know, a guy to change my tire because I know how to change my own situation. It, it's great that I know how to do all of those things. It's fantastic. And, I, and I'm glad that I do. But I think that for me, what I need in a partner is someone who allows me to be myself, right? Mm-hmm. But someone who I can be soft with. Because speaking personally, having to be kind of the, the hard, cold bitch all the time who, who puts on airs that she doesn't need anybody is exhausting. Yeah, it is for sure. And so being able to find someone who can, can take that burden off of you. And if you want to kind of delve into the, the realm of, of like love languages, like acts of service, right? That, that whole love language subset is having someone do things for you to show love that lightens your load. And I think that that's something that I've really learned in the past that I need and something that as I go out into the world in the future is something that's kind of a non-negotiable for me. For sure. And I think that women also should learn how to ask for what they need and also men because Mm -hmm. there's so much miscommunication and I think that's where a lot of problems arise. And as you were saying, like, yeah, you can probably change a tire, but why should you have to? Right. And like, if a man is working all day providing for a woman why should he have to like do certain things when really like there should be very clear roles in a dynamic and men should be in charge of this. Women should be in charge of this. And like, you can switch it up if you want. It's not like cut and dry, but I think that, I mean, it should be up for discussion. I don't think that people really know what their roles are or what they expect of the next person. But I think growing up, I realized like, it's okay to admit that you want someone and you need someone like a partner. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people are just like taught like the whole, like, Oh, Disney, like all the new movies, like the princess is like on her own and she doesn't need a man. But I never really view those things as like, Oh, I need a man to save me. Maybe other people do. I don't know, but it's okay. If there's like a man and a woman, like that's kind of like why we're on this earth. Like we're on this earth to reproduce. And I think that there should be two energies. And it's okay if someone does want to choose to be alone for the rest of their lives, that's fine. But I've been more okay with like admitting that we need men and men need us. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we, bring different, we bring different things to the relationship and we just need to communicate those. And, you know, if, if the woman wants to be the one that changes all the tires and changes the oil the guy wants to clean the house that's great but going into going into a relationship and not communicating these things and just kind of you know hoping for the best and just letting the chips fall where they may usually isn't conducive to a healthy relationship yeah and i think a lot of people build up resentment too because they expect things but they don't say it and then how's the other person supposed to know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, what do you need in a partner, like, as a woman? Like, how can you feel like a man in I think, a partnership? I think one thing that, like, you guys talked about is, um, you know, 
being able to communicate um like what you need as a woman right like i think lacking today more than any other generation is being able to communicate and feeling like you have like a a platform sometimes in a relationship because i feel like in relationships people get caught up a lot with power dynamics like yes. who's got the upper hand who cares more who cares less you know it's um a lot about that and i know that kind of ties into this but it's very um I, I feel like with women, a lot of times it backs them into a corner, especially if they're with a very masculine man that can be like intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily physically or anything like that, but it's like when, you know, when girls don't feel like they can open up to their man, then they don't communicate what they need. And I feel like that can kind of be a, a masculine and feminine quality because both sides should communicate and there's got to be a polarity. Mm -hmm. So it's like to answer the question, I think the biggest thing is having that polarity and that balance between both. And like you were saying with the example about changing a tire, like, yeah, you could change the tire. It's good as a girl to know that you can do that. But also, like you said, why would you need to, you know, you got a, you got a man for a reason, right? Like there's things that he can do and value that he can add. So as a man in a relationship, you know, you have to feel like you're adding that value to that person's life. Because if you're not, then one, why is that person even with you in the first place? If a relationship isn't two people making each other better and filling each other's gaps where they need them to, right? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of having a relationship if one side is giving too much or one side's not giving enough? That's kind of, you know, pointless and it's never going to last, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so you need, I think as a man, you need that polarity, that balance, that that push pull of being able to communicate what's important and men do this too. That's why I said it's a, it's a quality that, you know, men do. I see guys doing this with girls that are way out of their league or something like that. And then they're afraid to speak up and they feel like they're walking on eggshells because maybe they think that their girlfriend's hotter than them or their girlfriend has more options than them or something like that. Um, and they really, as a man, shouldn't be thinking of that they should be focused on their purpose and why they're here. And I feel like men need that outside of the relationship to be successful in a relationship. Like, cause your relationship can't be your purpose, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to walk your path, walk your goals, you know, like stay centered in all those things. I mean, yes, maybe if you're in a relationship, maybe you don't train as much, maybe you don't do that extra work cause you do want to make some time for your partner, but you know, finding that balance and having that polarity in a relationship where, the guy feels like he's valued and he's adding value to that relationship and he's able to pursue what he needs to pursue outside of that relationship to not feel like his relationship is the only thing important in his life. You know, you have to have the balance within the relationship and then you also have to be able to have the freedom and the communication to pursue what makes you happy, whether that be hobbies, careers, you know, just things that make you happy outside of the relationship. You have to feel like you have both. I think that's super important for any relationship to work or to be in any type of partnership realistically. Yeah. And I think that people who don't have that balance are coming from a wounded energy on either ends, or sometimes like the man is mostly healed and the woman is wounded and vice versa. And I just think that people just need to be more self-aware of like what they can bring to the table. Maybe like they're lacking in something or just speaking up when they should. And um, Ryan, I have a question for you. 
So there's a lot of talk about like what men can offer women, like, oh, men can do this. They can like change tires. They can like um, provide financially or whatever. People don't really talk about what women, like, what do you want a woman to do? How would you feel valued? Like a woman would feel valued if, for me, it's like a man with a plan. If a man has a plan, that to me is like, all right, there's direction. I can follow like whatever he wants to do. Like I will follow his lead. What do you want a woman to do? Um, you know, I think that a plan is great to have as a man, but I think that as a woman, right, you want to see your man taking steps towards that plan. That's why you see a lot of relationships, people get unhappy. Uh, and the same goes for women, right? Like I want my woman to be taking steps to do what she needs to do to be happy outside of me. Because um, I think that once you start to falter in the relationship, you really like as a woman or a man, you become too much into the relationship and and then you you want to find something to blame, right? You want to find a reason why you're unhappy. Um, and a lot of times the relationship is what ends up getting blamed. That's why I think people break up all the time. So mm -hmm. I think that knowing yourself, like what Mel mentioned earlier about knowing what you need and being able to communicate those things. And then also, um, you know, supporting and feeling like your relationship is like a home and then what you're doing outside of the relationship you know the person you're in a relationship with is supporting you and you're able to be happy with or without the relationship so did that kind of answer the question yeah is there anything specifically that like you would appreciate a woman did like let's say you're like the breadwinner or whatever like she works too but like when you come home what are your expectations like when I come, if I come home and I'm the breadwinner and she's like, you're saying what, like stay at home or she's also what working or doing what? I mean, either or like, what do you think a woman would add value to you or like certain type of things like physically that she would not physically, not like sexually, but like, <laughs> <laughs> she but would like, make it in the bed as soon as I get home <laughs> every day. Like acts of service, because we always talk about men giving, you know, and it's like, what do the guys get? I mean, I think it's communication about like, you know, go all the way back. If you want to talk about something that could actually be done, you know, we started with the tire example, right? But I don't think that there's necessarily a such thing as gender roles. I feel like that's kind of gone away with modern okay. culture and society. Okay. But like, I don't mind cooking, but you know, I work for Ideal Nutrition. So like, I've, I barely cook because I get free food. So yeah. it's like, why am I going to spend money on groceries? And come home and cook when I could eat for free. But like if you have a partner, you know, then maybe they can't eat for free because I can't get that much free food. Right. So just to use me at my specific situation as an example, you know, you, I think that the communication thing and knowing yourself and knowing what makes you happy and what you do and don't like to do. That's just use like household chores for an example. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate laundry. Can't stand it. Like there's still shit in my dryer right now. Are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? Of course, dude. I I think we're past that. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking because I didn't know if she was gonna go back and like edit it and like oh, bleep no. me out. We're I can give her less to bleep out. I'm not editing shit, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like you know, like I hate laundry. I can't stand it. So like, if I'm dating a girl and she's willing to do my laundry, hell yeah. To me, that's like kudos. All right, what do you need me to do? Because like, I don't want her to just do my laundry and then like, you know, I'm not helping her in some ways, right? Yeah. So it's like, maybe she hates to do dishes. Maybe she hates to cook. I'm a great cook. I just never used my skill. But I'll cook at nights when we're home and give her leftovers for the next day. And then I'll eat my ideal nutrition the rest of the week or the other nights, right? Mm -hmm. 
So it's finding ways that like, you know, and communication is like the biggest thing that I think people today drop the ball on because they focus too much on like wanting to, I guess, um, protect their own energy and not, and I feel like a lot of people today because of the way, you know, their past relationships have been, they're afraid to get close to people and actually open up with what they need. I do kind of want to expand on the the communication portion that you're talking about, Ryan, because I do think also that the pendulum can kind of swing in the other direction where, you know, you want to have that open communication about what your needs are, but then it can get to the point though, as well, where you're constantly having to ask, right? There, it, the, there can be communication, but if you're like over communicating and always having to ask as opposed to just your partner taking initiative and knowing you enough to kind of know where they need to fill the gaps that in itself in and of itself can breed resentment because I know for myself personally, I, I'm very particular about, about like household things, like to use your example with laundry, like it's great if someone wants to fold my laundry, but I'd rather you didn't because I have a system and I'll fold everybody's laundry and the system will be, you know, completely throughout the house, you'll always be able to find what you're looking for. Just and then I don't want to do dishes. And that's fine. And then we talk about it. But then I don't want to have to ask after I've done my part and say, okay, I'm going to do the laundry and I do my my chore, then have to ask, hey, can you do the dishes? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Because having to ask all the time is yeah, yeah that's it, a- it, 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 it's the biggest resentment and the biggest relationship killer, I think, that happens currently is that we're trying to say that we want to communicate everything, but then we start over communicating. So we, we almost paralyze ourselves from taking initiative to do anything because we're just waiting for someone to tell us what to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think that goes, I feel like a lot of men lack that. Like women are always the one like nagging or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they stop nagging. And then it's like such a weird imbalance of like, are you mad? Are you not mad? Or mm-hmm. whatever. But I think men need to actually listen more. And actually, like, you know, I know people are not psychic, but there's a certain point, if someone asks you three times, the woman is just going to, like, do it herself, and then that creates an imbalance in energy, too, because then now she's mm-hmm. taking the masculine role of whatever well, fuck the guy didn't, like, follow through with, and then that breeds resentment, and then it just, I feel like, trickles down to, like, a lot of different things. Yeah, and Mary, like, to your point about listening, right, like, a lot of people, like, and even the way we're kind of doing this, right, we're letting each other finish, and then we're jumping in, but, like, there's a big difference between listening to respond and listening to understand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, they listen and they're just looking for cues and they just want to respond. Right. And that's what messes with a lot of the, you know, like you're saying, creating imbalances, um, you know, as a man or as a woman, it doesn't matter what you are. If you're listening and your goal is just to spit something back, I mean, yes, maybe you want to take a little piece here or there that you want to elaborate on, but if you're just listening because you just want to reply and get them to shut up, yeah, that's going to cause fights. You know, it's going to show that you're not putting in any effort because you're not putting in the effort to understand your woman and hear her out. And maybe you can't do that 100% of the time, right? Maybe either the mood's not right or you're stressed or your your head is just 
totally in work or something, right? You know, no one's perfect. There's always good and bad days for everybody, yeah. regardless of gender. But, you know, you have to really try to pay attention to your partner, regardless of what side you're on, and do your best to hear them and actually understand what they're saying. And then instead of just listening to respond quickly and checking out halfway through a sentence or a paragraph that they're speaking, right? Um, and then, you know, you're just trying to get to the end of it, get your response out and discontinue the conversation or move on to a different topic and trying to actually like hear what the person's saying. And if that's not a good time, then you got to say, listen, you know, babe, I can't stop thinking about this situation at work. Give me like 30 minutes, you know, like communicate where you're at mm -hmm. because maybe you're upset that the dishes didn't get done, but you know, like you came home and sat down on the couch and maybe you had to fire someone that day. Maybe, you know, um, maybe someone died. Maybe, I, I don't know, a ton of examples. Everyone has crazy shit that happens throughout their day, but you know, you want to like, if you can't listen at that moment and actually really, really be present, then, you know, you should definitely like punt, let your emotions calm down, punt for a later time. Um, sorry if you don't know football analogies, but it's like <laughs> where you kick the ball to the other team. So, you know, and let them kind of try to do a drive. So, you know, you want to like, the communication thing is like the, the most challenging portion, I think, of today's relationships. For sure. And you guys are... I will commend you guys for both being very emotionally mature and I love this topic. I love how you guys are communicating. It's amazing. <laughs> We're both, I don't know if I feel like I'm healed. You guys seem very healed and I commend you for that. And I think also when dating, like you said, with the communication part and everything, people need to be on the same page. And also you need to like truly know if you're both working toward the same goal because maybe you're expecting too much of your partner and or they're expecting too much of you and like you're not there you know what I mean like you're not ready to like be in such a serious relationship like have some like bitch fold your fucking laundry you know because some <laughs> girl might not be there and she's like why am I doing this? you know what I mean like it's weird you just yeah. both need to like know what the end goal is and like if you guys are like actually trying to be serious like are you looking for like marriage or you know or are you just having a good time because this is very important, obviously, for like marriage, but you need to know that the other person is going to meet you halfway. If not, there's no point in like, I feel like giving so much of yourself. Like Mel, you said, like, I mean, I've done it too. Like you're giving and you're giving, you're giving. But like at the end of the day, this other person, like they were thinking about something else. They were thinking about someone else. Like their head just wasn't there. So I think it's very important to like know where you stand. Yeah. And the other thing with um, just the kind of, I don't know if you've done any research on like um, like personality disorders, like narcissism, empaths, things like that. Yeah. But one thing I noticed because I dated a girl and I I didn't really realize someone called me honestly to be that honest with you. Someone called me narcissistic once, and I started looking into it. And I think that everyone has narcissistic and empathic traits, kind of like masculine and female energies. Like mm -hmm. you know, people are always going to have a little bit of both. Yeah. But one thing I've learned is like people who are genuinely like full-blown narcissistic personality disorder they don't look into that type of stuff because they don't think they do anything wrong right yeah. and we're here you know we both looked into these topics before we we discussed this right but if you know you're actually a narcissist you're not looking to improve 
if that makes any sense. You might have some traits yeah. that are narcissistic. But when someone called me that, I was like, what is it? So I started looking into it. And then I dated this girl and I realized that she had a ton of narcissistic traits. You know, like when you got like 10 plus, it's like, all right, you might actually be a narcissist at this point. And then same thing, deflected mm -hmm. everything to me. You know, this shit was my fault. This shit was my fault. I'm like, I'm like, yo, you literally like got a fucking Snapchat from a dude at like three in the morning of a dick pic. Like, how is that my fault? It's not my fault. You left your damn phone unlocked. And like, we were laying in bed, you know, looking at it. Right. Like, I don't know what the hell, you know, like, so it's like, how are you going to blame that on me? Like your phone was literally next to my phone in the bed and we were awake. We just got home from a bar. So like that type of stuff, it's not the other person's fault, but they get caught and then they want to blame everyone else or smear your name or do something like that. But like to your point about being on the same page with what you want in your future, people like that, they'll just tell people whatever they want to hear to keep them on the hook. Absolutely. So, you know, you have to really, I think, either hit a certain point in maturity or like be open-minded enough to learn about things you do and accountable to what you do in your own self-improvement in order to get better in, in areas where you struggle, right? And mm -hmm. you got to do that in or out of your relationship for yourself, but you also have to be willing to put that effort into the relationship if that's going to work if you're going to make anything work in the future, but you also have to be honest with each other and honest with yourselves. Yeah. And I think, but also today, all these psychological words are just thrown around left and right. And I don't think people really truly understand what they mean. Like narcissism, like people throw that shit around, but like that's an actual legit, like diagnosis. disorder. Yeah, yeah. It's a disorder. And like, everyone's like, Oh, I'm empathetic or whatever. Like you just have feelings. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. people do throw that shit around all the time. And it's like, it doesn't really give credit to like actual people who are like psychopaths or like narcissists, like for real, like that's an, an issue. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Well, I think, I think that can be kind of chalked up to similarly to like, if you consider like how people take in news and media, right? Like we don't, we, we read headlines now and those form our ideas. So I think with all of these, uh, psychological terms that are going around people get like a little blurb of what each individual disorder is and they want to understand what their feelings are and it makes it very clear cut and concise for them I'm feeling this way so I must be this and that's it mic drop they're they're narcissistic they're they have anxiety they're they have depression they have this they have that because we're so connected that we're disconnected and we're just looking for some sort of commonality or some sort of camp to be in. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, I'm sure we've all dated assholes. We've all dated like <laughs> bitches, whatever, but we need to take responsibility. I mean, I don't want to blame like my past self because I only knew what I knew at the time, but I know a lot more now and we, everyone needs to take responsibility for, like, allowing certain energy in, you know, and, like, learn from your mistakes because life, if you don't learn from your mistakes, life will still give you the same, like, drama, the same fuckboy in, like, another body. You know what I mean? So, like, mm -hmm. take responsibility and choose better. We will always accept the love that we think we deserve. So if we don't love ourselves very much and we don't think we deserve very much, we aren't expecting that much of others. And then to kind of backtrack a little bit on what Ryan was saying with narcissists and empaths, 
uh, narcissists very well may have their own plan and they'll manipulate empaths into completely foregoing whatever life plan they had to help benefit the narcissist plan. And then in, in psychology terms, it's, um, they'll love bomb them into helping them and then they dump them and treat them like they're absolutely nothing. And it, that that's a completely traumatic experience. Something that I've, I've personally been, um, I don't want to say victim to, but I the other, another adjective escapes me, but it's, it's something that I have experience with. Yeah. And I think we can relate like the narcissism with the wounded male mm-hmm. and like the aesthetic, the wounded female or vice versa. So I think it's right. just important to like see where you are at fault things and like see the gaps and like see where you can improve. And I also like to not only talk about dating, but I want to talk about professionally because I think like as a female, like I'm a very strong person and I am assertive sometimes. I'm like very opposite. Like sometimes I'm like very extra and sometimes I'm just like quiet and like awkward. <laughs> But, like, certain things have helped me become successful, which is being more, I guess, masculine in my energy. And men, I think, also should be aware of, like, sometimes they should be a little feminine in, like, the way they communicate to be able to relate to a lot of people. So I want to hear your experience on professionally. Like, has that – do you feel the same way? Mel, you can go first. Uh, No, definitely. I I, – agree with you so I work in finance which is uh, an extremely male dominated industry right Uh, there's tons of TikToks on the internet about finance bros and how they act on dates and how and that that is true like obviously it's a uh, most of the time over exaggeration but that that archetype exists and so I found that I do really need to tap into my masculine energy to feel like I'm being heard and my ideas are given the same weight as some of my colleagues. And I think that it wasn't always that way for me. So previously I would be a lot more acquiescent to other people's ideas um, and, and just allowing myself to kind of take the back seat, which made for me not really being able to launch myself into the trajectory of where I wanted to go in finance for like the first five years of my career. But in saying that, uh, there is definitely a line that I feel like you need to toe as as a professional woman in being strong, being very clear in your goals and your ideas and being able to accurately convey all of those things, but not come off as the you know the stereotypical overly career-minded bitch because that's kind of the pendulum swinging in the other direction yeah I think sometimes women for me personally I don't want to get canceled or whatever but (laughs) I working with men like men in leadership I feel like sometimes it's better even though I do see a lot of times in my job men sometimes act like little fucking bitches and like I've only really ever seen like screaming at men which to me is like a very feminine thing it just like comes off as like very unstable energy and women I feel like aren't like that even though you would think that women are like bitchy to each other but like they're not but like men I like I feel like men 
respect me in my job and like women might feel intimidated I mean I've had also men grown-ass men intimidated by me even though like I'm a little basically like a little bitch like I'm I'm short and like I'm little like I've had people like be intimidated of like my success and whatever but like I'm just doing me but like it's they're the that's like their problem you know but I feel like men sometimes get like a little (sighs) out of hand with like their anger issues but I feel like everyone like in leadership and stuff like that like I'm very into like leadership the topic and all that but I think like at work certain things do help me and I want to hear from Ryan what since you're a man like how do you see this like how would how does your masculine energy help and have you ever tried to like do you work with a lot of women like how does that work out well so I think that having being like that polarity I mentioned in the relationship I think is actually something that can be carried over in individuals so in personal life like um if you're a woman in the workplace and you're you know career driven that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't also be feminine right like when you go home um and and being able to switch gears and the same thing goes for a man right like i could spend all day leading my team and grinding and and you know and hustling all day and dealing with all the problems the ups and downs at work throughout the day and then i could still go home and and you know be nurturing to my girl right like being able to compartmentalize the different things that happen in your day I think is is a masculine trait. And I think that as we've evolved as a, as culturally in this country and a lot of other places, we've, women have picked up more masculine traits. And that's why, you know, at the beginning I mentioned, it's kind of gotten blurred more so now than ever, because women are doing more things than they've ever done. And men are taking back seats in a lot of other places to women. And rightfully so. I don't, I think that, you know, there should always be a fair playing field. And I think that this is a, an interesting area to navigate in the workplace because like, you know, Hannah and I are a great example of two people that work together that are pretty much the same level, right? Like I run the sales team and I do the macros and a lot of different things in my company. Hannah runs all the marketing. So she's the one putting out like the graphics and things like that. And we didn't like each other at first because we, you know, but it heads a lot because she's a very alpha female and I'm a very, you know, like alpha male. Like I like to lead, you know, and, and do my thing without being questioned. And she's the same way. So we had to learn how to coexist. You know, when we first started, we were getting arguments and now we're like best friends. Like she was over at my house, you know, for New Year's, um, having fun with us, you know, and, and we work really well together. But we learned how to communicate. We learned how to you know, let each other do our roles, right? Mm -hmm. Without having to overlap and, you know, not necessarily overlap, we overlap a lot, but I mean like overlap and we know what we're good at or what she's good at, what I'm good at, and we help each other, right? So with, with the whole women thing in the workplace, I always thought one thing was, and I was trying to find it for this podcast and I couldn't find it, but a statistic that I thought was super interesting when it comes to the workplace with women and men, that dynamic is the earnings disparity or what's the word I'm looking for? Disparity. I think. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Sorry. I can't, I can't English. I don't know what, what happened to me. I went to FSU. Okay. Cut me some slack. But, um, you know, I was looking up, um, the wage gap 
and I, I was just doing some research on it because I always like to look into things deeper than just reading headlines. Like we were talking about earlier, a lot of people just read the headlines or the first couple paragraphs or one article and they think they've, they've got it right. And really you should read articles and information from, I think all sides, whether it's yeah. political, scientific, whatever, you know, religious, like read about all the different um, points of view and kind of form your own opinion, you know, different news networks that have different backgrounds. And, um, you know, with that, the article that I found was kind of interesting because it was the top 10 careers that are like over 90% male finance. I think was actually one of them too. Um, there was, you know, being a pilot lawyers, doctors, right. And then when you looked at the top 10 careers that are predominantly female, it was a bunch of careers like nursing, um, education and stuff like that. And I, I thought it was very interesting that, um, the top 10 careers that are like predominantly men were very high earning careers and the top 10 careers that were primarily women were all, you know, I mean, we know what teachers make. They make what, like 40 something grand a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't get paid super well for what they do. I mean, I get it. They get summers off, but you know, teachers are underpaid. Nurses are probably underpaid. Um, I, I thought it was interesting looking at the, the difference in those, those top 10 lists. I don't know what you guys think about that, but it's, it's a pretty hot topic now, um, you know, men earning more than women. But looking at that list, if I could find it, I would send it to you. But it, the careers that are mostly men are all, you know, very high paying careers. And it, I think I think that topic, the reason why I thought that was interesting was coming down to like career choices, for example. Like like Mel, you being a woman, why would you, what's stopping you from advancing in your career? Because I feel like like why would you like why would a girl for example in the medical field why would you want to stop at being a nurse and not go to be the doctor you know what i mean i know it's more schooling and it's tougher it's a tougher path but it's like you know that was something i thought was super interesting like why what what could you do to to be up in a career like finance you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh well for me i mean i'm i'm the head of finance right so like i hold a director level title um but for a long and and that's something that i've just recently acquired but previously um i don't know there was there was something in me internally that felt like these more higher level positions just weren't for me and i didn't feel comfortable enough to kind of throw my hat in the ring and sh- and show initiative in in taking charge i guess and I and looking back, I don't really know why that is, other than just coming from a place of, of wounded energy and maybe uh, sprinkling in some imposter syndrome as well. Um, so I don't I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this question because I'm because I'm kind of a I guess an outlier in that I I do exist in a in a male dominated field in a in a high level position. So for me, I'm in architecture and it's actually does go with this topic. So I run the women in architecture chapter for the American Institute of Architects of Palm Beach. And in architecture, more than 50% of students are women, but then it's gone better over time. But like in the beginning, like women weren't getting their license. And that's what I'm working on right now. So I have there's six exams and I finished four and I'm working on the last two. 
And there's just a disconnect from like after graduation to like actually getting your license. And it is a very big topic in my career field of choice. And architecture is white male dominated. And even like minorities, like I'm Hispanic, but like we are just a percentage of like the women that are actually like the women are the minority. And then like even so is like the minority, you know, culturally within that number. And I feel like it's lack of support, lack of expectation. Women don't feel like they maybe have like the balls to like continue or the resources or they also just take like on the role of like being the mother and like they just it's I guess hard for them but for me I don't give a fuck what society has like put on anyone like I don't give a fuck about like that I'm a minority or like I'm a woman I, w- I never place those limitations on myself I have very high standards for myself and like I'm getting my license like I'm almost done so I think a lot of people if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do but like if you don't want to do it don't do it but if you don't like feel like anything is stopping you because the only thing that's stopping you is yourself and I think also for me I have had a co-worker who was older than me a male he was jealous about my salary even though in architecture we don't even make that much money but like I came in with the number that I wanted and my job gave it to me no like at all like they didn't even like well on me nothing like they literally gave more and word got around unfortunately got my salary before I even got there so like there were people that were resentful of me coming me coming into like the office and that weird but then of course like, I got myself and, like that I deserved to get what I was offered so I mean for me I just don't let anyone stop me from like, my expectations of myself and I don't think that salaries really like women if you're taught like I don't want to get political, but, like, with critical um, race theory, if you have expectations, if you're taught a certain way, like, oh, you're this, you're that, like, you really aren't meant to succeed. If you're, as a woman, told, like, oh, you're a woman, you shouldn't get paid a lot, or, like, there's a gender gap, you're just going to kind of get used to that and, like, expect that. But if you're not told that, you're not going to think that there's a limit, you know what I mean? So maybe that is where my dominant male energy comes in, but I don't settle, and I work hard for myself. So I don't want that stuff stop. So why do you feel like maybe more women don't have that? I don't know. Maybe like for me growing up, I was always taught to be independent. And I don't, I'm independent to a certain extent. Like I will let a man like lead, but I've had to be on my own. Like I've lived alone for like four years. Like it is what it is. I'm happy that I can do those things for myself. But I think a lot of women just don't have like the self-confidence in themselves or like they don't even know like what they want to do in life I've just always had a very clear path that I've wanted and I think women people just give up easily and that's also like why I wanted to start this podcast to make people feel like empowered and just stop with excuses and just give people resources to like be a bad bitch basically And for the next topic, I want to talk about, so for dominant man versus dominant woman examples, like what are examples of like toxic dominant males and toxic dominant women or like submissive women? Because with the list about like wounded females, like I have had friends that are old friends, like I cut them off 
but women that are like wounded and like they're always like looking for external validation like they're insecure manipulative and all that desperate for love like what are examples as a man that you see ryan like with your friends that you don't agree with um you know i think that not having a purpose is huge i know i said that before but like not having like you said you had a clear path and the path i think the, the problem is i think people and men you know i think they they put a little too much weight on needing to have their mind made up and not being flexible to realize that the path can change right like you learn new shit all the time you go through things um you could have a new experience that maybe is in a career path that you didn't think you would be in and you ended up liking right and your whole plan was to go down this career path and something new happens you get experience in something else and you want to go this route instead it's okay to pivot and change right and that's part of growth and i think people worry too much about trying to have everything figured out and you just need to take the the path that's in front of you and and work that the best you can and continue to learn and to get these new experiences to determine and everyone worries men worry so much a lot of my friends worry so much about where they're at and struggling and and they want to do all these things and they have no idea how to do them and it's like well you're never going to really learn unless you do it right so mm -hmm. you have to start you know put your foot in the water like get going right like and then see what you like the most and continue to move in that direction and you know i think that to being a dominant man like you you know whether it's in a relationship whether it's in your career you have to be able to be dominant but also like in your relationship you have to be dominant but still be loving right yes. in your career you have to be dominant but you know still be able to um accept other people's opinions and indifferences and 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 lead these people right and 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 be a a good reflection of of how you the company that you're at should be ran in your friend circles you know you have to be able to um command respect and also give respect and realize that you know maybe your group of friends isn't going to go to the bar or the place that you want to go to 100 percent of the time you go someplace where your friends want to go and if you feel like your friends aren't listening to you then they're not your friends you know like my friends we we make plans to go different places and do different things and and if, if they're never on board with what i want to do i gotta start you know not be afraid to cut certain people off like what you said earlier like you know we all you all like some some of my friends they always go to the same fucking places same bars i'm like and you know i'm like dude like i'm gonna do other shit i went to del rey on thursday i'm not going to fucking jumbie every damn weekend you know like i'll hang out with different people diversify because that's what i want to do right like, mm -hmm. and if my friends aren't willing to go with me sometimes when I go with them all the time, it doesn't matter if it's a relationship, a friendship, a, a business situation, right? There's always got to be balance. And as soon as you feel there's not, you have to kind of distance yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. And dating, like how, dating and professionally, how should people be more dominant? Like for me, it's like, like I said, a man with a plan, like at work, in relationships, like how do you show dominance so that you can tell like the woman that she should receive? Like what are certain examples? Like you got to get out the choker with the leash and just be ready to take her straight to the bedroom. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, we're talking about 
Emotionally. Okay. I was thinking a totally different dominant. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> hey, you said earlier you thought about it being sexual, so I had to throw the joke in there. <laughs> you know, the handcuffs, all that stuff. But, I mean, that's like a tough question to answer because, you know, I think it a lot of it comes down to respect. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you know, a lot of men get insecure and I, you know, I feel like that's why you get like a lot of verbal abuse situations or physical abuse situations because the guy feels like he's like losing control and he fucking goes crazy. And, you know, at the end of the day, control is not about um, feeling or making your woman feel like or anyone for that matter, but feel like they are they have to do what you say. It's guiding them in a way that they feel comfortable and that they want to do what you say. And it's always challenging to do that as a man or a woman, because it, it's all about how you you position, you know, your requests and your communication and listening and and paying attention to what the other person has to say. And if if they respect you, they'll do a lot of the things that you want that you know you want them to do, not because you have to tell them all the time or ask for it, but because they want to, right? And then the same goes for for you you have to give that same level back for sure mel so how would you like what do you tell your friends on how to be more submissive or feminine in their energy because i think a lot of women i mean it's because i'm a woman so i don't i'm trying to understand the male perspective but like for me like i don't i like planning shit like that is my life architecture we make plans like i love trips and all that but I need to really take a step back sometimes and like let the man lead. And when he can't lead, I'm like, all right, I can't, I'm not going to overcompensate. So then I see the message is very clear. You know, they can't be dominant or masculine for me. What would you tell women how to be more feminine? I think, I think the big major thing is just, is just letting be, letting your man be who he wants to be. Right. Uh, I think, and this kind of transcends gender, but, but specifically with women, we will go into a relationship with a fixer upper, right. And we'll, we'll tell him all the things that he should do and shouldn't do in order to, to be the potential person that we think that we're, they're supposed to be. You need to, you need to fucking do away with all of that. You have to take the man that you are with at face value. He is showing you who he is and yeah. there's things he wants to do. And those things that he wants to do, if they're not hurting anybody and they fulfill him, even if you think they're stupid, even if they don't make sense to you, even if it's, it seems immature, it's his prerogative to do it because he's his own person. And I think that the trap that a lot of women fall into is they attach themselves to a man and then they think that they become their, their mother almost and dictate what they can and cannot do and how they should speak and how they should dress and what hobbies they should have and what friends they should have and, and, and things like that. I think just allowing, allowing your man to be who he wants to be and, and do the things he wants to do is, is greatly important. And for some reason, I think that we've, we've gone so far away from that. And we, I mean, you can watch pretty much any, any movie or show the dynamic that, it takes place is like this like fumbling idiot of a guy and then this like put together woman who seems to somehow just rein him in and like they don't seem happy 
Yeah. He seems he seems neutered and <laughs> resentful. And 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 then, you know, to take it back to to where Ryan tried to bring it to earlier sexually like you don't want to fuck a neutered man. At least I don't. You know what I mean? And at the same time, like when you're when you're a man who's being mothered by their partner, you don't want to at least I hope not, you don't want to fuck your mom, right? <laughs> We're not in Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I only got three teeth, all right? The rest are fake. (laughs) I tell you what. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely is a good point. And another, to add to that, what you were saying, a lot of people need to stop falling in love with potential and trying to fix someone. Like, take them as they are and don't take them if they're not what you want them to be. You can't really change anyone. You can guide people to be better. I think that's, like, the whole point of relationships. But you can't change someone. And, like, why would you want to? If, like, the reason why you like them should be for, like, who they are already, you know? Mm-hmm. And something that Mel said that I thought was interesting was, like, um, <clears throat> like telling them what to do. Like, you can't really tell people how to be a certain way. Right. You know, like, I could never tell like if Mel and I dated I could never tell her how to do something in her financial world I don't know that shit you know like I think the biggest thing like and I don't know if you've ever experienced this but have you ever like actually like had a conversation with someone when you got something going on and like you're they're actively like listening but not really giving you a ton of feedback and then sometimes when you just are talking you get the answer yep right like it's it's like you know you're talking to your girl or you're talking to your man i guess for you guys and yeah you know you're you're just venting and then all of a sudden it's like wait i just like recapped everything that was going on out loud and the answer or like just having some clarity just came to you and i think that that's big like in actually listening and not and trying to understand what the situation is than trying to constantly give advice or trying to constantly, you know, push someone in a certain direction of the actions that you think they should take. Like, unless they're literally asking you, like, hey, you know, how do I set up a 401k, mm-hmm. right? Like, they probably don't need to be told. They just need someone to actually, you know, be there and be that 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 rock, right, right. on either side. And, and, and you're also you also could be depriving them of that lesson that they can teach themselves, right? So when you don't know something and you go through the trial of error of, of, of doing it either failingly or successfully, you're you're learning a new skill, whether it's, you know, to, to use your example, signing up for a 401k. But if you do everything for the person, the, the, the learning is not there. And, that, and that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think a lot of times I... I'm pretty sure I saw this on Instagram or something with the freaking like therapy, but basically if someone's coming to you, you should ask them like, are you able to like listen to me right now? But at the same time, that person should be like, do you want my advice or do you want me to just listen? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes oh, as a woman, you might get more frustrated when like a man's trying to fix your problems when you're just trying to vent. Right. And that's where it comes in. Like you should kind of be receptive of like what that person needs. Or ask. If you don't know, ask. And men try to do that shit all the time and, and they don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. And men need to pay more attention too. And I think men need to pay more attention to like other people because I think that 
So that's something that may lack. And women need to pay attention to like what they need. Because I feel like a lot of times like women don't know what they want is what right. you know general consensus is. Like women don't know what they want to eat. I always know what I want to eat, but <laughs> that's like the general like what people usually say, like women don't know what they want. And men know what they want. But it's like we just need to like really listen to ourselves and listen to other people and be like more aware of other people's feelings and their needs. Absolutely. And then to wrap up, we'll wrap wrap up pretty quick right now, but what do you both think that you can improve? We can improve as a society and like what men actually care about, because I've heard a lot of this topic of like dating and like high value men don't really care about women's education. That to me is like very toxic. I think women should excel for themselves because why like wait around for a man like do your own thing which is like why you should have a life outside of your partner mm-hmm. but like, mel like what do you think women actually care about and like ryan what do you think men actually care about like do you actually care about and you can be honest like maybe you don't care like do you care about like more like feelings wise or like um less we can talk about like the love language like what is it what do you value personally mel you got uh sure so i I spoke a uh spoke about it a little bit earlier um my love language is acts of service so i really don't need you to you know kind of tell me how much you love me or how much i'm how important i am to you i'd rather be shown and i think ben men best do that when they are in their their healed masculine energy i I, i'm a finance person so like yeah i could do i could pay all of the bills i could i could schedule all the payments i can make all the spreadsheets but i would rather i would rather he handle that and i get to you know cook all the dinners and clean up clean up afterwards and and do all of that i would rather I would rather allow myself, like, I would rather be soft. I would, I would love to be able to take off the, the suit of masculinity that I need to do in my day-to-day life to navigate finance and be able to really just sit very firmly and calmly in my soft feminine energy and have that be fed with a masculine energy that's contrasting in the house. I'm not really conveying it as, as, as articulately as I want to. And I apologize. I've been up since five o'clock this morning, but in, in I essence, you. yeah, I agree with you. Like women shouldn't have to be on all the time. And like yeah. you've before, like it's a defense mechanism and it's survival. Like I have to be independent and I like it, but sometimes I don't want to be independent, you know, and it's right. okay. And I don't, people are like, Oh, like, people have said like I'm intimidated whatever but like strong women intimidate weak men like a man should be able to in some ways like overpower me and like get shit done like I would appreciate yeah there's nothing sexier to me than a man who knows what he wants and is able to enact a plan and do it and it doesn't have to be like this big you know career trajectory goal plan it could be something as like this is what I'm gonna do today this is what we're going to do today and then act on it. Yes. I think it's very attractive in a male and Ryan, what do you actually care about for like women? Like do you like independent women. Do you think it's a turnoff? I mean, 
I absolutely love independent women. I I can't stand a DNB. <laughs> Wait, what's that? <clears throat> I don't know if you remember Ronda Rousey's quote, you know, a do nothing bitch. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, I just, you know, I think the most important thing, and it's kind of going to sound a little cliche, but Mel said it, is like, you know, someone that can be themselves, that is doing what they want to do. Like, they're in their own thing. And I get it, right? Like, sometimes that can go up and down, you know, depending on if you're confused with where you're at or if you're pretty solid about what your current direction is. Or maybe you're in the process of thinking about changing your direction. But, you know, you have to to be happy in yourself. So I think what I really, really care about the most with the girl is, like, you know, I want her to be happy, like, alone, right? Like, um, just to explain my brief situation, because remember when you said, when I talked, I said something to you on Instagram, I forgot what it was. And you were like, that sounds personal. One thing that was kind of personal to me is like, my girlfriend and I just broke up in November, right? And the way we each handled the breakup was totally different. Mm-hmm. I haven't dated, I mean, I've hooked up with a couple of people, but I haven't dated anybody. Like, I don't think it's a good idea to just monkey branch into a new thing. Mm-hmm. And this really, I think, exposes a lot of her insecurities, right? Because she's dating someone like literally like three weeks after we broke up. Yeah, they say that the person who fucked up jumps. They're the ones that like get into the relationship next. And the person that like was, I guess, the victim or whatever. They're the ones that like don't do that. Yeah, well, they, they work on themselves and date themselves yeah. to heal. And then find someone who actually suits them as opposed to just jumping from person to person. And leaving a, wait, like, uh, a mess in everyone's wake. Well, yeah. yeah. And then, like, you know, she came over and we hooked up, like, the weekend before Christmas. And it was like, all right, like, you know, then you, you're, I found out you're talking to someone else, like, two days later, like, right before Christmas. I'm like, this is weird, but whatever. And then, you know, that type of, like, you have to be healed because you're going to project all your problems from your previous relationship onto your new person. And yeah. you're never going to be mm-hmm. fair in your new life right like or if you really want to move on like that new person is never going to get a fair shot at building a good relationship with you because you're not healed and you haven't totally shut the door on what happened before but i think that's a lot of like you know especially like reading in because like the wounded feminine energy right like you know or wounded masculine like you you have to be comfortable in being yourself to truly be able to contribute to a relationship because you can't pour from an empty glass. Right. And you have to feel like you can be yourself around everyone that you're with, whether it's your girl, whether it's your friends, you know, and if you feel like you can't, then you should stop hanging out with those people or not be around that person as much or try to improve the communication if it's your significant other. But, you know, what I actually care about is someone who is able to, be in their feminine and their masculine when they need it because mm-hmm. you should be able to go between the two like if i want to go grind all day at work like i kind of said that earlier and then if i want to go home and you know like put my head in my girl's lap and get my head scratched for half an hour like i should be able to do that and i should be able to not be judged i should be able to do whatever the fuck i want same goes for her though if she was you know grinding all day at work or if she's been doing dishes and cooking like when she's done, she wants to come kick her feet up and get her feet rubbed. Hey, baby, I'm here. You know what I mean? 
Yep. Like that's kind of that's what I was talking about at the beginning about that balance and getting that polarity in both. So do you have a foot fetish? Is this the way you're trying to tell us? <laughs> is this no, where we I, end it? <laughs> I'm actually not into feet at all, but it does feel good to get your feet rubbed. Hell yeah. So oh, sounds you... like a nightmare. <laughs> What's up? You hate feet. <laughs> I yeah, I do have like a mild we're really getting off topic. I do have like a mild phobia. Like I don't want anyone touching my feet and I don't want to touch anyone else's. Like literally ever. Uh, damn. <laughs> I know, Ryan. We're never, we're never gonna work out. I'm sorry. I know. That sucks. I'm sorry. I had such high hopes for you. <laughs> so to wrap up, I think people should recognize their own faults and be really real with themselves to see like where they need to improve. Everyone needs to improve their communication. Allow other people to lead, and I think men need to actually lead. Um, I think people need to set boundaries because a lot of people just allow negative energy into their lives and don't know where to cut people off. And I think the new age, like feminism, isn't really helping society because, I mean, I'm not trying to like talk about the whole organization as it's like canceled. No, but like women who are like, oh, no, I don't need a man. Like, I don't want anyone to open my doors. I can open the doors myself or whatever. That's you're not you're demasculating men is that what they say like demasculating men like you're taking away their role like men how are men supposed to feel like men when they're not able to like give right do you have any like final thoughts uh just to kind of expand on your point in in terms of feminism I think feminism is you know in its essence an integral part of our society and and both you and I, Mary, would not be able to, you know, do the things we do and hold the positions that we have without some of the, I guess, foremothers of feminism. But I think the term feminism has definitely been co-opted and kind of used as like a blanket term for really wounded women who may have been hurt by men previously and now just are on some sort of tangent about how good men don't exist and we need to they they want to spread that message like god right yeah and that's not conducive to the main point and i last year would like to say like i have been hurt obviously everyone's been hurt everyone needs to stop fucking being so victim based and everyone's been hurt don't think you're the only fucking person who's been like hurt in the world and I'm very, like, maybe I'm too forgiving, but I would give anyone really a chance to, like, start off on a clean slate. And I think that just comes from me, like, working on myself healing. But people are so scared of, like, love or, like, scared of opportunities. And I think people just need to see where they're at, get better every day, see what's wrong with you, what's wrong with, like, your relationships, and just move forward. But I think a lot of people get stuck. And... I think this topic is great because maybe people didn't even know that this was a thing like masculine versus feminine energy, but hopefully people can take something from this and recognize when they can improve on one thing or be aware when they need to use the other thing to just like navigate life in general. And people just need to stop being so scared. I think. Yeah. I think that's kind of the underlying tone of everything is just stop being scared of who you are. Yeah, who you you should be, you know. The other thing too is, um, I feel like society has really made feminism out to be a weak trait, 
and um women are afraid to to be feminine because they are afraid to be viewed weakly or not equal to men and <clears throat> having you know or being feminine is not something that i think should be looked down upon i think it's something that should be celebrated and yep. um the same goes for being masculine because at the end of the day i really think they're just two categories of qualities right mm-hmm. um and i feel like you know they've been grouped in such a way that it's um viewed as you know if you're being too feminine you're being weak you're being a follower you're not you know you're not um on the same playing field as a man and i think that's a a super toxic way to think about it because we're really just grouping i mean even look at the you know the notes from just today's conversation it's like we're really just grouping qualities right under categorized we're categorizing things as to what women mostly do and what men mostly do but that's also historically speaking one and two like what she said about growth it's like now we have access to more things than any of our past generations had i mean think about it to do a booty call back in 1950 you had to send a fucking letter like hey what you doing <laughs> or worse you had to show up at their house yeah right like nowadays that would be super creepy because you could just call them and if they don't answer but you couldn't back then so we have the opportunity to to learn and speed up the the process of self-improvement much more than anyone else has in the past and um i think that realizing that you know looking down on feminism is is not a good productive way to think about it mm-hmm. uh and and same on masculinity like you know trying to eliminate masculinity um just because it's it's things that men do or or you know feminism because it's things that women do I don't think they should be viewed as one being better than the other. And I think that's the whole problem with this situation is they view it as one being better than the other or, you know, feminism not being superior, you know, equal to masculinity. And it's like, you know, they really are equal in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And I think the whole point is that there should be a balance in yourself and in general, like you just need to know how to play it basically. Yeah. And just being being self-aware, be able to very easily tap into both energies for whatever the uh, situation warrants. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Right. Uh, no. Pretty tough out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. I feel like we covered a lot. I mean, this yeah. is probably going to be your most viewed uh, podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I think this was amazing. You guys both definitely helped me communicate what I wanted to say. And it's nice to have a male on here to learn from a different perspective and have Mel, you someone who like agrees and us coming together and like for this overall like general path forward. And I think a lot of people should self-reflect and see what they need in their own lives to improve and i just love self-improvement so this is great thank you guys so much and maybe we'll have like another podcast on afterthoughts or if anyone has any ideas for podcasts but this is amazing thank you guys so much and there you have it guys thank you so much for listening i know the episode is really long but i think we covered all the points that i wanted to cover and thank you so much to the guest speakers They were amazing. We had never done this before. I've never had guests on my podcast. So since that went really well, I'm going to have more guests on. 
And if anyone has any suggestions for the podcast, any topics they want to hear, that would be amazing. Just slide in through my The Bad Ambitious Podcast Instagram account. And definitely if you made it this far, thank you so much. I know it was really long, but I personally like longer podcasts and I think it was a valuable topic. So I really hope you learned something. And if you want, share with your homies. Any share, like, whatever is appreciated. And that is all. If I get a good response on this topic, maybe I'll post more about it and have more people kind of join the conversation. But that is it for today's episode and have a great day or night and I'll see you in the next one.